Hey, before we get going, uh, if you're a man, guy, um, what, uh, next Sunday is our men's lunch. You can sign up at the Info Center. We'd love to have you come out here. what's going on uh, to help men get connected. Uh, it's free. You just have to sign up. You can sign up at the Info Center or you can sign up online. I just want, just want you to know I'll be there. Like I'm super excited about this year and, and men's ministry. And if you're a lady, you're going to hear more about women's ministry coming up as well. We're not excluding you. It's just next week is a men's thing. So anyway, everybody with me? Great. All right. Hey, let me tell you a little bit about church, the uh, way it used to work in church. The way it used to work in church is that when someone would come to church, the pastor would get their information and he would, he would go to their house. And sometimes they would have uh, teams of people that would go visit people. They would go visit people at their homes. And so if you came to church, look, and if you're here today and you're guessing, that's no more. Okay. So just relax. I'm not coming to your house. Unless you're cooking chicken wings, I might come. So anyway. But you'd go to these people's houses and you'd walk in, and they would have a picture on the wall. And I don't know if you remember this. This is, this, this is dating myself, but it was a glamour shot. Anybody know what a glamour shot is? Come on. A glamour shot was when they took a picture, and you got your makeup done, and, and you had to do this, and they, and they filtered out all the imperfections. And you would walk in, and you knew immediately when you walked to somebody's house, they had a glamour shot. That's a glamour shot. It was just too good. It was too nice. It was, just, it was too perfect. All the imperfections had been filtered out. And people were smiling like they'd never smiled before. They looked, I mean, they looked good. And you knew it wasn't real. And now we have that ability to filter out imperfections without doing glamour shots. You can do it on your phone. You, you can, you, there's apps where you can do these things. Where, and you've, have you ever seen people post with, with filters now? It's the same thing. You're looking at it like, that, that is way too good. They don't, I've, I've seen them before. They don't look like that. But I'm not, if you do post and you filter it, go for it. I'm just telling you. So, I'm going to show you some, some shots right here. You tell me if these are filtered. That's Mackenzie, our Adventureland director. I'm not sure who that is. That looks real to me. It looks real, y'all. Look at that one right there. Stetson and I are twins. All right, I'll come that's nice. Woo, look at Lee. It's Michelle, I'm thinking. I'm not sure who that is. Does anybody know who that is? That's Cam. I don't know whose face that is. Hold on, can we go back to that? Cameron, is that my face? <laughs> That's what you're going to look like when you're my age. Where's Krista at? Man, I feel for you. Is that the last one? Oh, here's one. Okay. Filter. I think it's the last one. We start a new series today called Unfiltered Faith. Because what we do is that we take people in the Bible and we put filters on them. We put filters on them. We take people that, uh, and, and we make them better than what they were. That, that we, we look at these people in the Bible and think, I could never be like them. They, man, we read the stories in the Bible of these great victories that, that people overcame. They fought battles. They did the supernatural things. And we think, man, I could never do that because I'm just an ordinary person. And so we've got this series for the next four weeks where we're looking at the fact that that's not true. None of that's true. We have put these filters on people in the Bible when the truth is they are exactly like us 
and we're going to look at their stories, and we're going to remove all those filters and see that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things, and that has never changed. And so today, the story is the story of Gideon. If you know the story of Gideon, Gideon takes 300 men, 300 men, and he overcomes an army of 120,000. And here's the background of the story, and this is kind of going on, this is kind of the, the, the story of the entire Old Testament, and the truth, in a lot of ways, it's our story that when the people of God, the, the Jewish people, when they followed the Lord, things went well for them. Things went well for them, but they continually turned their back. They would turn their back on the Lord, and when they turned their back on the Lord, he would just kind of let it go, and then things would not go so well, and this kind of yo-yo went on for over and over and over again. You read the Old Testament, and so, in truth, sometimes, is anybody in here, you, you ever beg God to help you do something, and you thought, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beg God, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to change, and he helped you, and then you never changed. And then, so you can, that's kind of the story of what's going on here. But the people of Israel had turned their back on God. They turned their back on God, and the Midianites were oppressing them. They were taking their food, and, and the people of God were crying out, help us, help us, help us, help us. And God's going to send Gideon. And when you read the scriptures, Gideon is listed in the faith chapter in Hebrews 11 as being this guy of faith. He's listed in there. He's listed in there as this guy of faith. And so we look at him and go, I could never be like Gideon. Let me share something. I would say we're all like Gideon. All like Gideon. And so we're going to talk today about faith without filters. And here's the thing about faith. Faith must be worked out for faith to work. Faith must be worked out for faith to work. And so I'm going to walk you through the scripture right here and just talk about Gideon for a second. It says, Then an angel of the Lord came. The people of Israel have cried out, God, help us, help us, help us. And so God sends an angel. And he sat beneath the great tree of Oprah, Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the clan of Abiezer. I'm not really good with... Bible name sometimes. Gideon, the son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide grain from the, Gideon, from the Midianites. So we see Gideon, he's not this great man of faith. He's hiding. He's fearful. He doesn't have a lot of grain to thresh, but what he has, he doesn't want them to take. So he's, he's, he's down in a wine press and he's doing some work because he didn't want anybody to see him, doesn't want anybody to take it. He says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And I love Gideon's answer. I, this is, I love the Bible because it is so real. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? You ever had a conversation with a guy like this? Where are you at? Why aren't you working? If you're for me, what's going on here? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. And so the second thing we see, not only is Gideon fearful, Gideon is doubtful. He is doubtful. He's fearful and he's doubtful. And here's the thing when we talk about working out faith, when we talk about working out faith, and every illustration breaks down, but I'm going to give you one. That you and I, we've been given faith that you're going to see in a scripture right here. It says that, the next scripture says that 
We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith, that God gives us faith through Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the originator of faith, that someone's told you about Christ, that Christ has been drawing and revealing himself to you, that this has been going on. But the same thing is true with us, that when we come face to faith with taking steps of faith, that Christ gives us faith, that here's what happens. We have this, this weight. We have this weight, and one of them is called doubt. We have this weight. And you know as well as I that there have been times in your life where, where, where Jesus has initiated some faith in your life, and you thought, man, I'm going to do that. But immediately you had doubt. Immediately. You're like, I don't know about all that. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Or maybe, maybe uh, the, this, this faith has been initiated in your life by Jesus, and it's not, it's not really doubt, but it's more like fear. It's more like fear. And so you have this fear. And so whenever we try... To, to exert some faith, whenever we try to exert some faith, that these two things are always there. That faith is never absent of some doubt somewhere. I'm not saying that you're always doubtful, but it's out there somewhere. And it's never absent of some fear somewhere. You never get beyond that. But here's the thing about faith. Just so I don't hurt myself. I know you're thinking, some of you are going, I can't wait to see this. And so what we have to do is we can't make our doubts smaller. We can't make our fear smaller, but we can make our faith bigger. Now, Jesus said this, that you only had to have faith in the mustard seed. But the disciples came to Jesus and they said this. They said, increase our faith. Well, here's the thing. Faith is only increased by working it. That it only gets bigger when you work it. It doesn't get bigger by doing nothing. And here's the truth about, about uh, doubt and fear. That until you get to the place where you overcome these, they own you. They own you. They own you. You never get past it. You never grow. You stay stuck. Now, I know this isn't a lot of weight. I might could get it. I've been working out, but you get it. And you, what you do is you, you work out your faith. You just work it out. And see, I, I, my, my muscles are stronger. I'm not going to do it twice, but anyway. All right, I need help. Let's take a time out and pray. I'm kidding. But that's what I'm talking about when we talk about faith. Let me share something with you today. Your greatest attribute right now, your greatest skill, your greatest ability is your faith. You're like, no, I don't have very much faith. I'm telling you, it is. Jesus said with our faith, we can move mountains. Jesus said with our faith that we could overcome. Jesus said with our faith that we would see things that we had never... Your greatest ability is your faith. It just simply has to be worked out. Now, look at this next scripture. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Here's the thing about faith. It's like the bridge from where you are to where you want to be. It's the bridge from where you are and want to be. And so you just simply have to work it out. And so I'm going to talk about two things here. Work out your doubts. Now let's just talk about doubt for a second. You ever had doubts? You ever had doubts about whether God could love you? Whether he could use you? Whether he could really, could God really forgive me? You ever had doubts like that? Could God really forgive me? Could he really use me? The enemy wants to flood your mind with doubts. He wants you to think that this is all there is, that there's nothing more. 
the, the truth is, is that doubt and fear are cripplers of faith. Uh, years ago, I saw um, this girl who lived on a road. I, as a matter of fact, her, her, her brother ended up being roommates with, with Mike and my son. But she was older, and she was a D1 uh, softball player for Sanford University, and she blew out her knee. She blew out her knee, and, and she had surgery because her knee was messed up. And I saw her one day going down my road, which is Starsville Road, and she was rehabbing her knee. And look, it was, it was a, honestly, it was one of the most inspiring things I'd ever seen. Because I saw her from my house, I could see her with tears in her eyes and the pain on her face as she was trying to learn to run again. And this was years ago, and I know we've come a long way with uh, knee operations. But she was running, and she would run a little bit, and she would stop. She would run a little bit and stop. But you know what she was doing? She was working out her knee because she was crippled. And I'm telling you, that's what you have to do with your doubts. And I'm going to show you these scriptures that, man, Gideon was full of doubt. Full of doubt. It says, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I'm sending you. But Lord, we always do that, don't we? God tells us, but Lord, but God, I can't, I'm not good. Uh, but somebody asks us, to, but I can't. But you know, we, we always got this reason. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. Now, we've always got these excuses. We've always got these reasons of why we can't. Now, I'm going to tell you something that happened to me uh, uh, last month. I did something stupid, something crazy, but I caught myself before it got bad. And when I tell you that, you're going to think, I can't believe you're, they would even entrust you with the church. Here's what happened. I wanted to go work out. I'd been really busy. I wanted to go work out, so I ran home, got my clothes, got in the truck, and was backing out the driveway, and I thought to myself, something's not right. Something's not right. There's something, not, I'm missing something. Now, when I work out, I'm old, so I've got some knee braces, and, and i got a couple pairs of shoes, depending on what the workout is. And, and I looked down, and it wasn't any of those things. You know what it was? I'd forgotten my shorts. <laughs> I'd gotten in the truck in my underwear, y'all. <laughs> I'm serious. I'd gotten in the truck. I was like, what happened? And so I immediately walk in, and Les is looking at me. I said, why didn't you? She didn't even notice. Anyway, because I walk around all the time in my underwear. Anyway, so. And so my whole thought on this is this. We look at ourselves and think, I could never do it. I'm looking at Gideon, and look, this is not a great man of faith here. This is a guy we look at and go, God's going to use him just like you look at me. God's going to use you. God's going to use him. He's full of excuses. He's fearful. He's doubtful. And God said, hey, man, you're the mighty hero. And he's like, whatever. I'm the least in my entire family. And the Lord said with him the same thing he says to all of us. Hear me. I am with you. Man, what if we really believe that? What if we worked out our faith so much that no matter what happened to us, that we said, man, man, the Lord's with me. But yeah, the chips may be going down, the, the storms may be raging, but guess what? The Lord's with me. He is with me. The Lord is with me, and he said, I am with you, and you will destroy the many nights as if you were fighting against one man. Gideon replied, if you're going to truly help me, show me a sign to prove 
that is really you speaking to me. Gideon asked for a sign. You ever asked for God for a sign? Now, sometimes it's a little dangerous. You know, we, we, sometimes we have these absurd, turn the sky purple, you know, and, and he may or may not. I'm not, it's never done that for me, but anyway. Gideon asked for a sign. Gideon is working through his doubts. He's like, hey, I want to believe. I want to work through my doubts. I want to work out my doubts. So he asked for a sign, and he answered. He said, I will stay here until you return. And Gideon hurried home, cooked a young goat. This took a little while, y'all. With a basket of flour and baked some bread without yeast. And then carrying the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot, he brought them out and presented them to the angel who was under the great tree. And the angel Lord said to him, place the meat and the unleavened bread on this rock and pour the broth over it. And Gideon did as he was told. And then the angel Lord touched the meat and the bread with the tip of his staff in his hand and fire flamed from the rock and consumed all that he had brought. And the angel Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that, the angel Lord, that it was an angel of the Lord, he cried out, O sovereign Lord, I'm doomed. I've seen the face, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And Gideon asked for this sign, and he gets one. Gideon asked for another sign. If you know the story, he keeps asking for a couple more signs because he just he wants to know the Lord's leading him. You may be here today and you're wondering, man, I need a sign. Let me give you some signs here today. God sent Jesus Christ as a sign for you. We celebrated his death. That your whole life, listen to me, your whole life that God's been trying to get you to see that Jesus Christ loves you, that he's the Lord of your life, that he is who he says he is, and he's been giving you this sign, people inviting you to church, uh, people praying for you, situations happening, that this has been going on all along in your life. That you've been given this sign. The second thing, he's given us his word. He's given us his word. As a sign. You read his word. We talked about this last week about reading God's word. And I talked to you about going to version and finding uh, a reading plan there where you read God's word. You read his word and it's a sign. It, 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 the, the scripture said his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. That through his word we, we learn how to have faith. It's an exercise of faith. He gives us his spirit. And when, when, the, when, the, when we accept Jesus Christ, his spirit comes and lives inside us. And this is a sign. The spirit tells us to do stuff. And sometimes it's crazy. I called Pete this week. called Pete this week because I, I saw something that reminded me of him. And this, this was so interesting to me because he said one of the other guys at church had called him too. And I said, well, that sounds like the Lord's trying to tell you something. I don't know what it was. But the Spirit tells us in, 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 to move and to act and do things in accordance to His Word, not opposite to His Word. And then He gives us His people. He gives us His people. His people are, are, are assigned to us that they're helping us to discern and do. And that's why we, when we talk about getting in a growth group, like Cam just talked about, why this is so important. Because you need people. You need people. And I'm, I'm going to show you this. Uh, who, who, who would like to help me? I, I, I need a couple of volunteers. Who would like to help me? Stephanie would? Sam, come on. You need people in your life because sometimes your faith is weak. Now, there's a great story in the Old Testament that when Moses held his hands up, the people of God were winning. That when he lowered his hands because your hands get tired, if you ever just try to hold your hands up like this, after a while your arms get tired. So, anyway, you lift this up. If I were to hold this up, your shoulder muscles are strong, but they tire very easily. So, Stephanie, are you tall enough to touch that? 
I may need some money talk. <laughs> Look, I'm not even hardly touching. Look how easy it is. I'm not even hardly touching. That's what you need in your life because sometimes your faith is weak and your doubts become bigger. Your fears become stronger and you need people who are going to help you hold the weight. Thanks, guys. Yes. Thank you. What are you talking about, Steph? <laughs> Man, Stephanie's a, she's gonna she's gonna she's gonna clean it. <laughs> Get it, Steph. That's what I'm talking about. But you need people in your life to help you with that. And sometimes the people of God are a sign in your life that, man, you were cared for, you were valued. But they're also a sign of, of, of helping you go back to what is the Word of God, what is the Spirit telling you, helping you discern some things in life. We are not good enough by ourselves. So let me ask you this. What's your biggest doubt? Where's your mind flooded with doubts? That you're not good enough? That God could never use you? That your faith isn't strong enough? I think your faith is bigger than that. Whatever doubt it is, you just have to work your faith. Which leads me to the next one. Work out your fears. Work out your fears. We come to the last part of the story. And Gideon has a man, an incredible victory where he and 300 men defeat 120,000. And we see Gideon not full of doubt, but we see certainly some fear. And so here's how God works. And so Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, and his army got up early and went as far as the spring of Herod. The armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley near the hill, hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors. Now here's the thing. Gideon has 32,000 going to face 120,000. And God says, you got too many. And I'm going to share a principle of the scripture. Less is always more when you got God on your side. And God's going to prove it to him. He says, you got too many warriors. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they save themselves in their own strength. None of us would ever do that, would we? Boy, I'm smart. We have these thoughts. God helps us. Boy, I'm smart. Boy, boy, you see, I worked hard and did that. I got it. The whole time we've been praying, God, work a miracle here. And he works when you go, I did it. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid and afraid, that they may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home. You're not telling me Gideon's not starting to get a little nervous here? Leaving only 10,000 who are willing to fight. But the Lord told Gideon, there's still too many. 10,000 against 120, and God says, too many. Don't need all those people. Bring them down to the spring, and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. When Gideon took his warriors down to the water... He told them, divide the men into two groups. In one group, put all those who cup the water in their hands and lap it up in their tongues like dogs. In the other group, put all those who kneel and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 of the men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. The Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites, send all the others home. Now you have to think in that moment that there has to be some fear. That you're going to walk into battle against 120,000 with 300 men. 
But Gideon works through his fears. We read the scripture, he does exactly what the Lord has asked him to do. You know, last week when we talked about the beginning of the year, I gave you this prayer, God stretched me. God wrecked me, God healed me. And I said, pray that prayer, and wherever the Lord leads you, that's where you go. Wherever he leads you. Whatever he's calling you to do, don't, don't, don't hesitate. Because that's what fear, fear, fear and doubt are, are just this hesitation mechanism that the enemy wants to get you to do nothing. To do nothing. And you've got to work through your fears and, and, and realize that, that the scriptures tell us over and over again, do not be afraid. God says, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. I'm with you, I'm with you. Whatever there's coming, don't be afraid. If there's 300 of you or 3,000 or if there's three of you, he says, I'm with you. And I can do more through you than you ever imagined. You'll see great victories. I'll work in your life. Things will happen. And it'll be unbelievable. But you've got to exercise some faith. The scriptures say without faith it is impossible to please God. That we've got to have some measure of faith. So let me ask you this. What are you scared of? What's your greatest fear today? Is it failure? Is it looking stupid? Is it you're not good enough or you're not smart enough? Because all those things come through my mind sometimes. But God's calling us. He's calling us to more. He's calling us to take steps of faith, to take ground. So let me ask you, what would your life work look like if you started to work out your faith? He started to exercise some faith. Well, the gym I work at, work out at, and I know some of you are going, you work out? But anyway, the gym I work out at, what I love about it and hate about it are two the same thing. They put the workout on the board. I don't choose the workout. They put the workout on the board. Some days I love it. But some days I look at the workout and I think, oh, man, I don't want to do this. Some days I think, I'm not going today. Kind of like when y'all wake up on Sunday morning. Anyway, that was funny, y'all. Come on. I want to give you a workout. I want to give you a workout to do this week. You might want to write it down. You got a phone, you might want to put it in your phone. I'm going to give you a very, very simple workout. You may have a good enough memory that you can remember it. You want to work out your faith? Here's what you do. Say yes to the Lord. Hear me. Hear me on this. Say yes. The answer is yes. Here's the thing about no. No keeps you right where you're at. You say no to the Lord, it keeps you right where you're at. It keeps you right here. It keeps you right here. You never overcome anything. Your, 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 your doubt's still on you. Your fear's still on you. Say yes. When the Lord tells you to do something, say yes. Because this week, here's what we have. The Lord's going to tell you to do something. He's going to tell you to forgive somebody. He's going to tell you to love somebody. He's going to tell you to read his word. He's going to tell you to pray. The Holy Spirit's going to work in your life. That he's going to tell you to do something. I'm telling you, that's how he works. And the answer is yes. He's going to tell you to serve. He's going to tell you to give, to be generous. That this is going to happen. This is, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. And the answer is yes. Say yes to the Lord. Second thing. When you read his word... Say yes to what he tells you. Now this answer is going to get easier and easier as it goes on. When you read his word, 
You say yes. You read the scriptures. Yes, Lord. The Lord says, I'm going to want you to do this. Yes, Lord. You read the scripture. Yes, Lord. The Lord tells you to stop doing something. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. The answer is yes. Because yes fuels your faith. It's, you know, it is the fuel of faith itself. Yes, yes, yes. I'm watching. I'm going to do what the Lord says. I'm going to do it his way. That's what's going on. All right. When the Spirit gives you a impression to do something as crazy as it sounds, as long as it backs up, is backed up by the Scriptures, then the answer is yes. Let me tell you something that happened to my, my son Mitchell, that he was riding down the road, and he rode by this sign. It was this business sign, rode by this business sign, and he, he said he felt like the Lord told him to call that number, to call that number. He thought, this is stupid. This is crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, and so he, he said, no, but you know what he said? You know what, what, he, what was his answer? Yes, I'll call that number. Called that number. Called the number. The guy answered the phone. And Mitchell said, hey, I'm calling the guy. I said, hey, uh, I've had to close down this business. This business is no more. And Mitchell said, that's not why I'm calling. So I'm calling because I felt like the Lord told me to call you. And they have this conversation with this guy he's never met and may never meet again, Ever. And we think the guy was suicidal. And Mitchell got to tell him, hey, the Lord loves you. He asked me to call you. Now that sounds crazy. You may say, that's crazy, Gary. I listen, faith is sometimes crazy and irrational. We got to embrace it. But when the Spirit tells you to do something, the answer is yes. Now here's the last part. So it's yes to the Lord. Yes to his word, yes to his spirit. Hear me, hear me on this. The last one is yes to the people of God. When the people of God ask you, when they ask you, hey, will you get in a growth group? Yes. Because when you say no, I know where it gets you. You stay stuck right where you're at. If they say, hey, would you serve? Yes. Will you help? Yes. Will you give? Yes. Because all of those things fuel your faith. The answer to everybody's problem when it comes to faith, mine and yours, is that we simply say yes. Wherever that leads. Now, I know it's scary. But you walk through the scriptures, and that is exactly what happened. It happened to Gideon. He said, yes. It happened to the disciples. Jesus said, come follow me. What did they say? They said, yes. Paul has this encounter with the Lord. Yes. Over and over again, the answer is yes. So here's how I want to close today. I'm going to give you the opportunity to say yes. And you can say yes from your seat. Or you can come forward and say yes. We're going to have a song or a time of decision. Giving you an opportunity that, man, you're going to say yes to the Lord and whatever he's calling you to do. Maybe today you eat up with doubts. Maybe you eat up with fear. Man, you need to come lay that down and say yes to the Lord. I'm going to follow you. I want you. And if you're here today, you've never accepted Jesus Christ. Never understood what I just told you, that he loved you, and that the whole part about communion, that there's a God out there that went to the cross for you. Why don't you say yes to him today? And so, we're going to stand, we're going to sing, and man, we're going to say yes to the Lord. Father, we come. Father, you've given us for your faith, the faith that comes from you. And Lord, doubt and fear are no match for it. That whatever doubts anybody has in this room about 
their past, their present, their future, their abilities, their inabilities, their sins, that you have given us a faith that comes from your son, Jesus Christ, that is greater, that works miracles, that changes lives. So, Lord, today we say yes to all that you want for us, all that you want to do in us. So, Lord, I pray for those here today that don't know you. I pray for those here today that just, man, they just feel like they've been stuck. Just a season of being stuck in their faith. And I pray that today's a day, man, we break out by saying yes to you. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen.